Welcome to another episode of Daily. Hello, how is your week going? This is Janice bringing you today's podcast on this beautiful Wednesday, 16 June. I don't know how many of you are getting good sleep. If you are, that's a blessing. That's great. I am glad for you. Some of you, though, and I do happen to know this, you might be struggling somewhat to get a good night's sleep for whatever reason. And if that's you, I pray that sleep improves for you, that you'll be able to feel better rested even before the weekend comes, and that you will get some respite during the weekend itself, hopefully. People talk about how the years fly by and how soon those kids who were little will be all grown up and, like, you know, we'll miss the interactions we had with them when they were younger. I find myself already wishing to slow time down while my kids are still enjoying letting me mollycoddle them every day. Well, okay, I don't really mollycoddle them, not every day, some days. From when they were newborns, My husband and I placed a high priority on the bedtime routine, partly for sleep training and partly for bonding. And until today, of course, what we do with them has evolved over time, but their bedtime routine is still a key part of our daily schedule. So one of them is turning eight later this year, while the other is turning six soon. Something about our older kid is that he loves to sit by himself in a corner and read. He has liked doing that for some time now, which is nice because I do enjoy watching him devour a book almost as soon as we've just borrowed it from the library. And then he's like, "I'm done." So the other night, I was caught by surprise, ple- pleasantly surprised, when, as usual, he grabbed a book, and this time it was a Geronimo Stilton book, and settled down as if to read. But then he called me. And he said, "Mommy, come read." I said, "Oh, aren't you reading it?" Which he usually does. He said, "No, I want you to read it. It's nicer to read with you. I want to read with you tonight." So I read a couple of chapters with him before I started to pass out. That was nice. I could tell he was simply happy we did that because you know maybe he missed it that night. My confession is that I don't always do it with gusto. I mean, I don't always go into this bedtime routine with the kids enthusiastically. Some days I dread it. I would need to psych myself for it, muster up the energy, and you know, feel like I'm able to be fully present and in the moment with them. And the usual reasons are because you know I'll be feeling either physically spent or mentally exhausted or emotionally drained, or all of the above. Which happens, but as a family in the season, we we want to recognize that it's precious. So, we really are grateful that we get this opportunity to do story time with the kids, when we you know read and pray and put them to sleep as consistently as we can in this age window while they still enjoy the routine, even if our heart is not in it a hundred percent of the time. In a book called *Prayer: Our Deepest Longing*, I recall a part where the author Ronald Rollheiser described briefly a study done on marriage, which pointed out that compared to couples who give each other an embrace or a kiss, like before they leave the house in the morning and before retiring at night, as and when they feel like it, spontaneously or by mood, 
compare it to those couples, couples who made it a habit to do so fared much better. Which, may I just add that Matt, my husband, is my model for this. He would make sure he sends me off with a kiss or a hug whenever I leave the house. Whereas, I mean, I'm trying. There are lots of room for improvement for me. Rolheiser's point in mentioning the study was to highlight how our notion of things like marriage, family, church, prayer, tend to be overly idealized. We romanticize these notions. How culture would have us think that these should always be a delight and never a duty. How we shouldn't do something if our heart isn't fully in it. It seems sensible, even legit, because... Duty without delight cannot be all of our experience with God and the spiritual life. But then the thing is, our relationship with God, just like relationship with our spouse or friend, family member or group, church group, any group, in order to stay in a growing relationship that you are committed to or you want to commit to, over a long period of time, we need routine. We need ritual to sustain us. Rituals like quiet time with God, solitude, examine, scripture reading, prayer. Now, why or how do these rituals sustain us? I think they build in us a true staying power. If we look at it from the lens of our faith in God, a faith that is long-suffering, enduring, maturing, trusting, which we deeply desire, this kind of faith is one that is patient patient faith. Patience is putting up with something, despite perhaps the mundaneness, the seeming lack of desired outcome, or the yet-to-be-fulfilled hope, you know? Like, when you go, I've had enough, you know, or this is not working for me, there's no point. What difference does it make, even if I keep doing this? I want out. I've had enough. Where we may liken atheism as impatience with God, then faith is patience with God. Staying power is, you know, to stay put, to stay routinely faithful, and it develops faith. Sticking it out even in the dry seasons develops a patience with God. In Romans chapter 12, verse 12, these words that I think are very succinct. They pack a punch, which says, Rejoice in hope. Be patient in the tribulation. Be constant in prayer. And that word patient is translated from the Hebrew chupameno, which consists of two words, basically, like um, tarry behind or abide or dwell under. Chupameno, which would mean to persevere, to hold fast, to cleave faithfully. Patient in tribulation is to cleave faithfully to God in times of affliction. Then you've got that word constant, because the verse says, be patient in tribulation, constant in prayer. And it carries the meaning to continue steadfastly, to give constant attention to something, which in this case is prayer. How can we rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer 100% of the time? The very fact that these words, which, you know, if you look at the whole context in in Romans 12, from verses 9 all the way through to verse uh, 21, 
man, it's full of tough stuff in there in in this whole passage. And these words are said in this way: How do you rejoice when there is a real sense of hopelessness, or amid a landscape of poverty of hope? How? How do you remain patient in troubled times, in a climate of anxiety, unrest, and all that? How can we remain constant, steadfast in prayer when so much is vying for our attention and our affections? By letting our rituals, our practice of quiet time with God, our solitude times, our examine, our scripture reading and prayer, sustain our heart for God. Rather than communing with God, as in when we feel like it or when the mood sets in, the truth is we will fare better when we make it a faithful habit to do so. Even when you absolutely dread it, yes, you you don't feel up to it, or you're getting impatient with God, or you know beyond your emotions and tiredness on some days, when it may feel more duty than delight. That simple act of fidelity, still, in order that you can stay in a growing relationship with God, you simply show up. You show up so that you can express somehow what you cannot always be enthusiastic about, but remain committed to deep inside. So I pray, may God give us grace to choose to rejoice and hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer, especially even in this season. Then may that develop in us a patience, a true staying power in our spirits to hold fast to Him and His promises. Would you take these next couple of minutes to just be still and lean into God as I share this poem? By Helen Steiner Rice, as I read each line slowly,、uh, I hope that you are able to just be still and reflect on the words, and tune your attention to God. God, teach me to be patient. Teach me to go slow. Teach me how to wait on you when my way I do not know. Teach me sweet forbearance when things do not go right, so I remain unruffled when others grow uptight. Teach me how to quiet my racing, rising heart, so I might hear the answer you are trying to impart. Teach me to let go, dear God, and pray undisturbed still, till my heart is filled with inner peace. And I learn to know your will. Let me pray for you, and then we will end today's podcast. Dear God, 
dear God our Father. Here we are just to be with you. We give thanks for your presence in our lives. Would you still our hearts, tutor our spirits to lean in, to know you more, to hear your voice, to follow in your footsteps, to stay faithful, to be constant in prayer and grow in patient faith through the ups and downs, whether we're feeling it or not. Teach us both duty and delight. Shape in us an endurance for all seasons that we may know your heart know your voice and know your will and we pray this as your people shaped by you and we give thanks we praise you for today and in jesus name we pray amen thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the daily i hope that you've been blessed and join us again tomorrow have a great day Hey, Pastor Andre here. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Daily. If you like what you're hearing and you want to check us out, you can look us up on Facebook or Instagram or check out our website www.thecity.sg for more information. Have a great day ahead. Grace and peace.